Hi, this is Katie Orr, and you're listening to the Focus 15 Podcast. I know that life is busy, filled with demands and distractions that make it difficult to spend daily time in the Bible. So together, we'll dive deep into God's Word today. All it will take is 15 minutes. Hello, welcome back. I'm glad you're here. I wanted to share with you a comment I got on the blog today from Susan about our last podcast on how God provides the deep places. Susan says, your honesty and being real was just what I needed for where I am today. Knowing Jesus for over 48 years and knowing his promises coupled with the truths that you spoke today encouraged me greatly. Thanks for the teaching today and praise God for his faithfulness to us. Yes, Susan, let's praise God for his great faithfulness to us. Thanks so much for sharing that. And I'm just honored that um, this podcast has blessed your heart. And God is using that to speak his faithfulness to you. So thank you for sharing. Well, as I said last week, we talked about um, God seeing God's provision, even in the deep places, those difficult, difficult places that we find ourselves in. And today we're going to do part three of our series on God's provision that we see in Jonah, specifically chapter two. And so today we'll um, look again at chapter two and look at some of the actions that Jonah takes that we see in his prayer and how that points to God's provision. So we'll start by reading our passage. Jonah one, start in verse 17. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you and to your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. The timeline here, you know, is a little goofy if you don't pay attention. That the God says, go to Nineveh. Jonah says, no, he runs the other way. God sends a storm and Jonah is thrown over the ship by the mariners to appease God and to stop the storm. Then he, he finds himself in this distressed place of waves going crashing over him. And then he finds himself in the deep places with seaweed wrapped around his head. He, he's, he's dying. He's drowning. And Jonah calls out for help. And then God sends a fish to swallow him up. And it is there from the belly of the fish that Jonah prays this prayer. And so he is, he's praying this after already being delivered. And he recalls this near-death experience from the belly of the fish. The first thing we see is that during his distress, he called out. This word call 
uh, in the original Hebrew means just to, to call or to summon. So when I call out my kids' names, when I'm not sure where they are, Michael, where are you? That That's this idea of calling, that I'm going to call out my kids' names and they hopefully are going to answer, here I am. <laughs> um, when we call on God, he always answers. And that's this idea of calling out. He's in distress and he's saying, God, where are you? And God answers. So that's the first thing that he says. The second thing that we see that in his deep place, he cried out in verse two. Again, um, he says, out of the belly of Sheol, I cried and you heard my voice. And that belly of Sheol was the place where he was about to die. And he called. And this word call here is different. It's not a call like, hello, where are you? It's a call for help. It's a plead. It's It, it has this, uh, has feelings of intent, in, intensity and desperation and it's a difficult or dangerous situation in which somebody is crying out, help, help, I need help. This word is used, actually both of these words, the call, the, the first word used for call and then the second one for cry is also used in Isaiah 58, 6. And he says, then you shall call, that's the first use of our call, and the Lord will answer. Then you shall cry, and he will say, here I am. So we see the same thing that when we call out God, he will answer. And when we cry out, help, help, he will say, here I am. And I love that, that it's his presence, that that in Isaiah, he says that you shall cry out for help, plead for relief, and God will say, here I am. God is there, even in our deep places. He always hears, and he's always with us. The next thing we see that, that, that Jonah acts on is he says he remembered the Lord and he prayed. And this could have been part of the cry for help, or maybe before the cry for help, or after the cry for help. But he the, the point here is that he remembered the Lord and he prayed. He remembered that his only help was in God. And often in our deep places, we forget the Lord. I do that. I get, I get stuck and I, I just kind of look, I look left, I look right, and I'm looking everywhere for help. And I forget that I need to look up. I need to remember that God has me here and he's the only one that can help me. We also forget, I forget that, that he has purpose for me while I'm there and that he sees me. And that he is there with me. Uh, one of my favorite passages, and it's actually a song that I sing uh, my oldest a lot, is Isaiah 43, 1 through 3. And, he, and this passage says, But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And Isaiah here in 40, chapter 43, he's talking about those deep places. When you're passing through the waters and the rivers and the fire and the flame, that's the deep places, the, the just desperate, hard times in our life. And he says, fear not. I have called you by name. You are mine. You belong to me. No matter what you have to go through, I am the Lord, your God. I am your savior. 
Even when God feels distant and silence, we must remember. That's our job to remember that he will never leave us or forsake us. Even if we feel like our circumstances are telling us different. We are always safe in his capable hands. He's never let go of us. And even when we feel that the world is spinning around us, we are still there safe in his hands. The next thing we see Jonah do is in verse 9. says, he gives a sacrifice of thanksgiving. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. And so, I mean, we need to remember he's still in the fish. <laughs> you know, yes, he he was delivered from drowning. And that's huge. But he is still stuck in this fish. And I can imagine, can only try to imagine what is going through his mind and what he is seeing and feeling and experiencing and having no idea if he will actually ever get out of this fish. Yet Jonah gives thanks for God's deliverance. It would have been easy to grumble. It would have been easy to, to kind of go, yeah, thanks God for saving me. But now where I'm at, how are you going to get me out of this? I don't get it. Instead he does. He responds. Jonah responds in Thanksgiving. And the last thing that we see that, that Jonah gives is he gives a warning. Back in verse 8, he says, Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. It is easy to turn to our idols when in distress. And by idols, what it means here, what I mean by saying that is, is that it's those other things that we look to instead of God. It's the things that we want, things that only can become from God. Um, so often it can be, we want to be loved. We all want to be loved and only God is the one that can love us completely and holy, but we look to other people for that love, for that satisfaction, or maybe it's significance, this need to be significant, this need to be somebody and to feel important. And it's only through our relationship with God. Do we, do we receive any sort of significance and we can, we can be searching for significance in, in our grades, if you're a student, or in our achievements, in, um, in, in your job. It can be through the promotions and through doing well. And it's not that we should not do well or pursue any of those things. But when those things become the source of our significance, they become an idol. And so in our distress and in our deep places, it's very easy, easy to turn to our idols. And, and Jonah's giving a warning here. But those who, who are going after idols in their distress, in their dis- deep places, forsake their hope of steadfast love. Because when you're in the middle of the sea, <laughs> about to die, your idols can get you nowhere. When you're in that deep place, those accolades mean nothing. It's only what God can do for us and what God, our relationship with God that, that matters. And it's only God that can rescue. Jeremiah 2.13 depicts this very clearly. He says, for my people have committed two evils. This is God speaking prophetically through Jeremiah. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hone out cisterns for themselves, Broken cisterns that can hold no water. So he's saying, my people, you, this is evil. What you are doing is wrong. You've forsaken me. I am the one. I am the living water. I am the only one who can quench the thirst that you have inside of you. 
But instead, you have forgotten me. You've said, I don't need you, God. I'd rather make my own cistern. And a cistern is is a, is a, a big, huge thing to carry, to, to gather water when the rains come. And so they, they're, they're saying, I don't need the fountain of living waters. I don't need you, God. I'm going to create my own cistern. I'm going to create my own system for getting what I need. But the reality is those cisterns are broken and they can hold no water and they will only lead to disaster really. And that's that picture of the idols. When we say, I need blank more than I need God, we are creating our own cisterns. We're saying, I want control. I want to do things the way I want to do them. And I'm going to get what I need from these idols. I'm going to get what I need for what I can do because I don't need God. And most of us would never say that verbally, but it 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 is it is told by our actions and our our, our thought life. Only God can deliver us. Chasing after other ways to rescue us from our deep places is like building a broken cistern. And so all of chapter two, Jonah chapter two is a testimony of God's provision. Remember he, this prayer is given from the fish. And so it's a testimony that God is faithful and salvation belongs to our Lord. That's the end of his prayer. Salvation belongs to the Lord. There's this great progression that, that you see here that um, it's neat if we can kind of back up to this, you know, that, that Jonah disobeyed. He was supposed to be going to Nineveh, but he said, nope, not going. And so God hurled the wind that brought the storm that made the mariners hurl Jonah overboard, which brought on his distress, which led to the deep places where God delivered him from, which led Jonah to proclaim salvation belongs to our God. And it is now Jonah. He is ready to preach that very salvation to the souls of Nineveh. God, we praise you that when we call out to you, you hear And you answer us. And when we cry out for help in our desperation, that you say, here I am. That you are with us. We do thank you for the deep places. We thank you for the difficulties in our lives that make us cling to you. Lord, show us where we are clinging to anything else but you. And we praise you for your grace again and again. That brings us back. God, enable us today to better see the truth that Jonah proclaimed that salvation belongs to you, God. Thanks for listening to the Focus 15 podcast. You will find the show notes on the blog at katieor.me backslash truth. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Focus 15 podcast, consider leaving a review on iTunes to help others find the show. I'd love it if you check out my Focus 15 Bible studies at focused15.com. And as always, you can find me hanging out and sharing truth on Instagram and Twitter at katieor22.